whoa, 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 what's up, you fucking wombats? It's been a minute. We're back in Jerome's kitchen in Oakland, California, giving you unspoken rules. Hey. I lost track, but is this episode six? Is it six? Something like that. Something it's like five that. Or five or six. Season, Doesn't matter. Season two, episode one. <laughs> episode 5,000. Oh, uh, so this is the crew of just homeboys. I love to talk about sports, culture, life with each other. This is Alan Cesaro former teacher, and I'm here with my boys, Jerome, a.k.a. Jerry, on the peninsula. Is it from the peninsula, though, now? I don't know. Maybe it's Rome and the city. Who are you, bro? I feel like your identity's changed now. Well, we'll we'll talk more about this former teacher peninsula thing, but uh, uh, this is Andrew, um, hometown Oakland. Anti-gentrifier. Anti-gentrifier, hometown Oakland. And uh, we actually have, I don't even want to call him a special guest because, you know, he's going to be potentially one of our um, main voices on this podcast. Again, we'll, we'll touch more on it a little bit later in the podcast, but we have another Chasado brother. This is our uh, main guy, Alan's brother, older brother, Aldo Cesaro, joining us today. First of many. What's happening? This is Aldo from the Six Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> that's 650 South Bay for people that don't Uh-oh. know, and that's not a thing. The <laughs> Six Fitty. Show no pity. <laughs> I would say from the peninsula, on the peninsula, but Jerry, Jerry, don't call Jack that. Who's not even don't really from that. the peninsula. Don't call him that. Um, but it's a pleasure to be here, boys. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I only came for the free alcohol and the chicken wings. <laughs> the chicken wings. Yeah, so that's my older brother, the OG. Learned a lot from him. He's here with us, uh, sitting beside me. Um, so we have a lot to talk about tonight, boys. It's been a minute. We haven't met since like mid-season NBA. Yeah. So yeah. we have tons of topics, what, questions. What month is that for non-sports? Uh, I would say I like, know, like end of end of 2018, early 2019. Yeah. It, it was definitely like early 2018, maybe like early February or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, so there's lots to catch up on. Uh, we're going to be talking about changes and goodbyes for a reason that you'll find out in a minute. Uh, but just to kind of get the crowd warmed up here, we came up with a question because I was in the forest recently, and I'll, I'll get back to that in a second because it's a, a story. Um, but we were talking about if you were to get lost in the woods, hint, hint, and almost die, hint, hint, um, which NBA player would you want to be most lost with and least lost with? So if you were to go on a 15-mile hike and it went wrong and you were in a place that you felt like you were about to die... Which NBA player? Huh. Tell me more, bro. <laughs> <laughs> tell us I, how you I really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute. I'll tell you in a minute. But before I get to that, I'll start off just to kind of get it going. Uh, so the person I would want to be lost with in the, an NBA player is Ben Simmons, and here's why. Really? All right. Wow. So first, call back to the first episode when we were talking about which NBA player do we most resemble. Yeah. Jerome said I would be Ben Simmons, so spirit animal. Um. So, athletic, compassionate, point guard, Dave runs Jenner? his team. Does he? Yeah, Is so. he compassionate? Well, I, that, well, I'm just saying on the, on the basketball court, he, he seems compassionate. He has assists. I feel the same way. I'm like, is he compassionate? All right, all right, look, 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 look. He's a pass-first player. He's not a... He's not a he's, I think that's by like, skill set because he can't shoot the ball, yeah. so he has to pass regardless. Okay, uh, but here, here's the other thing. He he's a forward. He's like six nine, and he plays like a fucking point guard. So you know that dude is fucking athletically fit as fuck, as most NBA players are. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but there's forwards that are like Zach Randolph, and then there's forwards that are like Ben Simmons. And I just feel like he's a he's he's he struck me as the type of guy that would look out for me in in 
or or any of his teammates, quote unquote, if we were in a situation like that. My other player, so that's the player I would want to be stuck with. I feel like he'd be a good dude. He's young, meaning he's probably still idealistic, as many young people are. He wouldn't fucking just ditch me in the woods, right? Like I feel like he would he would he would look out for me. He seems like a good dude by all accounts. Player well, fuck that. Let's let's do players we would all be stuck with. Let's go around and then we'll do not stuck with. Oh, okay. With. okay. So, who would you guys want to be stuck with? I got Ben Simmons. First of all, first of all, Ben Simmons is probably going to swing over a rope and then he's going to try to toss it back to you and totally miss. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I got, I got, Lakers fan. I got two. I got two. Uh, one two players, players, two players you want to be stuck with? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one is because he's like the supreme athlete and he uh, definitely cares about the people that he's around and with. LeBron James. And LeBron James. God damn. I 100. <laughs> He's old, know. mind you. He's old, but I'm just saying. But he's in he's in pick physical form any any time of the year. Um, and the other guy is uh, the soft spoken and always there and always uh, for his team, Mike Conley. Oh, that's a good pick. I like that one a lot. I don't like that one. Know who that is? He's <laughs> never I in his like entire career. <laughs> in his entire career, he's hey. never got a technical. Ever. I like He'd that rip one. out his dreadlocks and or his, his yeah his dreads oh, and fucking yeah. start a fire. Yeah. He's very much. I, I, I like that one. I do like that one. I, I, I'll go next. I, I will say the player I would most want to be stuck in the force with um, in case of emergency. And this it sticks to true to my nature uh, in regards to the love for the town, love for the city. Dame Lillard. Okay, good. I thought you were going to say Gary Payton. I was like, Dame Ooh. Lillard, because mm-hmm. qu- the, the quiet confidence, right? Kind of similar to Mike Conley, right? Yeah. He, he never, he, he's loyal to his soil, right? He stays true to his teammates. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go out of his way to try to get the shine. Um, and he, he's confident in his abilities yeah. regardless. So he's a hood dude. He knows about survival. Hey man, <laughs> he still wins. Yeah, and and he talks about that too in like for interviews. Sure, for like sure. like he's built and bred a certain way, mm-hmm. and he's different. So I would I, if there's a player a I want to be stuck with, loyal to the soil to Oakland, yep. Dame Lillard for sure. Nice pick. That's that a good. very good pick. Yeah. Uh, so my pick is gonna be very predictable, very cliche, but it's just the easy answer for me, and I know why. Michael Jordan. Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry. I mean, he was on my list. You know what's funny? I think he was, like, he was on all our lists. We were like, we don't want to go. <laughs> I'll say it gladly because I should disclose it. I'm not as big of an NBA fan as these guys. But regardless, even not, you know, I'm a Warriors fan. Regardless of that, I just feel like Steph Curry is just like a chill ass dude, but he also seems like he knows his shit and like can really f- like focus on the task at hand mm-hmm. if it's survival he'll yeah. do it calmly I agree. I agree. without like being a diva without yeah. like he just seems rational and calm and normal yeah. for sure I, I, w- I would say the reason why I, I was gonna choose Steph besides, like I didn't want to go there because I felt I'll but, do, he, I'll but I, I, I'll, I'll say he embodies leadership right like you mm-hmm. in a situation where there's life or death that's the person you, you, you want to play that quiet He reminds himself. me of that favorite coworker I can go to to yeah. handle shit. Yeah. I think like he'd be that everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure we all get out of this. Yeah. For sure. I Whether thought about him Getting too. out of the woods lab or winning it. I literally yeah. have on my paper Steph and I crossed it out. Me too. Literally. <laughs> I'll tell you why. His ankles. <laughs> He's going to step on a rock weird, man. He's going to tweak that thing. When was the last time you had an ankle issue, though? It's been like... Uh, eight years. Days. It's been like eight yeah. seasons. Days. And, yeah. if, and if he fucked up his ankle, I would fucking carry that motherfucker and back. I, I would Lieutenant Dan. I'm sure ass. Aisha would be there, and <laughs> that would be good too. I need someone to save me, man. I so, I, real quick, I was gonna say Clay Thompson, but he'd probably be high as fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd, be, <laughs> he'd be fun to yeah. be with. Yeah, he'd probably eat shrooms in the in the yeah. fucking forest yeah. and you'd die. He might ditch you for so an IG. Thought, it seems though. like my Ben Simmons wasn't that popular compared to your guys' reactions, but it's all good. I still stick with Ben. So. 
That's player we would want to uh, be stuck with in the forest. Players you wouldn't want to be stuck with. And I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go this way. So who's your player that you would not want to be stuck with in the forest in a life or death situation? I probably also have a very cliche answer. But, and mine is kind of taking it back. It's not a current player. Um, for me, for some reason, um, Charles Barkley popped into Oh, me. hell yeah. The good, oh, great that, pick. And I think it's great an easy pick. one. It's an easy one, whatever. But no, I, that's I, great. I, I, I mean, no, it, I don't, I don't hate the guy. He's just annoying as fuck. I mean, I don't, I, he's he's like, also hella out of shape. shape. Yeah. I, wa I literally just watched an interview. Like, just You know how YouTube, you go down that rabbit hole, and it connects you to different mm -hmm. like, like sports like videos? Definitely. There's one that uh, Charles Barkley said before he got drafted. Uh, he didn't want to go to the, Philly, uh, the Philadelphia. Like he didn't want to be drafted by the 76ers because they had like, uh, like a hard cap where, um, because of their salary situation, like he would only get paid like seventy five thousand dollars. And he was like, "Why would I leave to go to the NBA for seventy five thousand dollars?" So like I guess apparently the days leading up to the NBA days draft, still low by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, so apparently like going into the NBA draft, like he was like, "I don't want to play for this team, so I'm gonna gain a bunch of weight." So he ate and gained like 20, 30 pounds to hopefully. Deter the Philly Damn. Uh, 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 wow. executive team from drafting him. He went I mean, on record still, saying this. Or? Yeah, shit. Of course, it's like 20, 30 years later. Yeah, but like, yeah. He literally said, "I gained a bunch of weight and just to try to be avoided uh, to be drafted by." So, in summary, great pick. Out great pick. No, that's why I was like, <laughs> he would eat all your rations. Bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you got, Drew? I, I, I would, I would touch on kind of something what Alan touched on earlier in terms of like when we went back about our spirit players, like who we most resemble. Although this this goes against what Jerome uh, thought thought I was, I would say the player I would least likely want to be stuck with is Rajon Rondo. Volatile, That's short temper. That's like yeah. I, I, he, yes, he might be a great leader mm -hmm. under ideal circumstances, but put him under pressure, he's gonna like point fingers, blame you, spit on you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Rajon Rondo, although he may be my spirit animal according to Jerome. I would probably not want him to be next to me in a life or death situation in the forest. Good call. I would I would pay to watch that show. Of you like and Hungry Games shit? <laughs> but I will say, I would rather have uh, Rajon Rondo over Ben Simmons. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, wait. I, we could, I don't, I'm not sure why you guys are hating on Ben Simmons so hard. He's a fucking all-star young player. He's from Australia. People... Mm. Australians are international. They're amazing people, I'm sure. I feel mm. like Ben Simmons, like, if you said Andrew Bogut, I'd be like, all right, yeah, he's like, no, nah, he's too big, dude. dude. He is yeah, big. Dude, like, I could hop time. on Ben Simmons' back and he would ride me the fuck out of there like a, a raptor. <laughs> Give me a dude who's gritty, who's like, I mean, Rondo's like Lillard on with the hood side. Yeah. Like yeah. gritty and all that. Damien like is too, he's but more he's about survival. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Rondo, well, that's, I don't know. Rondo, Rondo would probably kill me and eat me. Rondo is like what you were talking What's up, what, Jimmy Butler? Yeah. But the but, same kind of mentality towards... So, yeah. who do you got, Rome? I got, um, and this might surprise you guys, he's my, my NBA hero. Dale Curry. Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. I oh, would, well, not going. Yes, I would I clap for that. I would to be stuck with Kobe me too, Bryant me too, me too. in the forest because he's so competitive and so about, like, getting what he wants that he might, like, just kill me and gut me and use me as some yeah, sort of, like, Yeah, I agree. Wh you're a weakness. Yeah, yeah, you're a weakness. He, he either micromanage you to death or he just kill you and be like, 100%. you're a weak, you're a weak yeah. link. Oh, yeah. I'll walk yeah. out myself. He, he literally transforms, shapeshifts into a black mamba and eats your ass. <laughs> he just swallows me. And then slithers away into the forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good pick, dude. These have all been good picks. My yeah. pick was pretty easy. The first one that came to mind was uh, Carmelo Anthony. Oh, uh, because he can't score 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> Shout, call back to a previous episode of Andrew. Um, selfish, isolation player, but also just kind of... 
if you think about NBA players, he's not the most in shape. Yeah. He's he's a little he's on the pudgier <clears throat> side. He's kind of body shame, but let's be real. No, no, no I, 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 I'm, I'm not trying to. Millions. I'm not trying to body shame, but Ben Simmons is in great shape, guys. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but Melo Melo just seems like a the type of dude that would be uh, just out for himself. And if you look at his career as a player in college and in fucking the pros. He just shoot first, isolation, me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, that fool's not... I, I swear to God, I feel like I'm in better shape than that guy. But he, So so on the same note with, with Aldo's Charles Barkley pick, how I went down that rabbit hole of finding that Barkley interview was... It, it literally it started with, I think, an uh, interview with, um, with your pick about... Um, yeah. Your pick was... Sorry, remind me again, your pick. Uh, ben Simmons or no Carmelo? Oh, sorry. Mello, Mello. I had a blank right there. For yeah, it's all good. Like, like I watched a Chauncey Billups interview, and he was a teammate of Carmelo in I think Denver. Mm-hmm, Denver definitely, right? yeah, so, that was a great squad. So, and, and they're oh, talking about this. They're, they're talking about like, does Carmelo have anything left in the tank? And Chauncey was like, Yeah, he does, but he has to be willing to take a reserve role. And he talked about his his relationship with with Carmelo at in Denver, and he was like, The problem with Carmelo was. He wasn't okay with scoring less than 30 points. Mm-hmm. So if they won a game and he scored 20 points, he'd be upset. Yeah, that's weird. But he'd be better off like scoring 30 points and then um, not winning a game. And that was that issue. It was like he wasn't willing mm-hmm. to take a backseat role. So Yeah. He, no, he, he sounds right. like a guy who was – in some of the previous episodes, you talk a lot about like the six-man stuff. Yeah. It was like a guy <laughs> who was born to be like that six-man but wanted to be like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, wants to be the star. That yeah. LeBron. Hell, yeah. He didn't know how to say goodbye to stardom. Which is a transition into our topic here. I see you. Um, So one of the things we wanted to get at today was just the idea of uh, saying goodbye and changes for a variety of reasons, which you'll find out if you keep listening. Um, And uh, part of the reason we talked about the forest analogy here is because I had a quote-unquote metaphorical spiritual goodbye this weekend. So real quick, um, we're going to check in real quick. I want all you guys to think about some changes or some good goodbyes that you've been going through in the past uh, recently so i spent the weekend in a national um park called volcanic lassen up north in northern california in the wilderness and we got lost like we went we ended up uh we were supposed to go a group of four of us on a four mile hike excuse me three mile hike and it ended up we kept going further and further and further mind you this is a gigantic national park in the fucking wilderness it's all it is is lakes forest and snow and like i saw 10 people maybe in the whole day so um i (laughs) wish (laughs) i did see shrooms and i almost ate them i was like i probably die good thing i didn't but it ended up being from a three mile hike to a 15.5 mile hike it was supposed to be one to two hours i i'm literally i'm not exaggerating it was over eight hours of walking the sun was going down uh we were low-key panicking and like trying to find the trail because the snow makes it hard to find the trail um and there was a moment where i was thinking in my mind like this could be it like this is goodbye i'm also a, a very morbid mexican that grew up with a mother that's always talking about death and the devil so in my mind i was being very serious but who knows maybe it was just a walk in the park um so that was one of the idea of like this uh goodbye the other thing I'm going through right now, a big change, speaking of being Mexican, is I'm moving to Mexico uh, in about three weeks, and I'm going to be living in Mexico and traveling South America for the next 12 months. Big. So that's like a pretty big change for me, and, and I would say for most people, I quit my job. Um, I'm not getting paychecks right now. 
Uh, I'm living with family and saving money, and I'm going to live abroad for the next 12 months. And he's hustling still, though. Hustling, baby. Yeah. He's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Please adopt me. Um, so this is kind of what spurred this concept of like changes and goodbyes in our lives because I'm going through a massive change right now. Um, but we also have the homies here who are going through their own changes. So anybody want to speak on goodbyes, changes, or, or just what's going on with you right now? I'll, I'll hop in, and I'll tie in the fact that we have another Chasado brother here. And it, it's part of the change, right? Alan will be gone uh, potentially for a year, maybe even more. Who knows, right? We'll see what life brings him. But hey, we, th- but we <laughs> thought that, that the podcast itself has been always great with the dynamic of, of three, right? And not to say that when Alan comes back that we're going to stick with three, but I think the fact that we have another Chasado brother who's uh, was born and raised kind of in the same environment and has a, a very unique perspective to, to bring to the table that we want to be able to bring in another um, team member. Chizarro. They want to replicate me yeah. as a clone. Yeah, but but that's why all those here. So, so in terms of the podcast change, we have a, a an amazing um, new member to our team, uh, which, which is great. But I'll speak on uh, changes for me. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this. And this is kind of like, you know, I, I try to keep my personal shit to myself sometimes. <laughs> but, Are you uh, dating a dude? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so uh, a change that will likely happen um, in, the, in the coming weeks is I will be an uncle again. Uh, my sister is due. Congrats. Congrats. So today is Thursday. Uh, my sister is due on Monday with her second. Um, so uh, assuming all goes well, knock on wood, that I'll have uh, another uh, member in the family to, to look after and take care of. And um, that, that's going to be a big change just because, like, you know, uh, to, to a niece and a nephew is going to be a Definitely. big thing. Oh, so, so it's a girl? It's a girl. Oh, it's, that's it's, nice. It's a girl, yeah. so. Is the name chosen? Do you know? Um, Carmelo? <laughs> Jerry? It is, cho- it is chosen. Sir I, I, Charles? I'll hold on to it until, until all, all goes well. Um, nice, nice. But cool. that's going to be a big change for the family because cool. I, I think the uh, the dynamics of, you know, having two little ones in the, yeah. in the family. Yeah, it's a good balance. Yeah. So. Nice, dude. That's, that's a huge yeah. change. I thought you were going to say you are going to be a dad. Yeah, <laughs> I thought like you were that, saying like you propose, like no, you low key just proposed or something. No, 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 not there yet. I'm gonna hit on three just quick changes. Um, so recently, I changed my drinking habits. I'm not binge drinking anymore, which actually is made. Hey, that's true, man. That's, that's true. true. I noticed that. I noticed that. But now tonight, though. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's made. It's made hanging out a lot funner, actually. Yeah. Uh, the other change has been after three years, I'm leaving my job, starting a new job. So it's gonna be exciting. Respect. No longer, uh, no longer Jerry on the peninsula. That's why we were talking about earlier. Are you on the peninsula anymore? You're Jerry. No, you're Jerome. I mean, I'm gonna take some some votes. I'll, I'll send a survey, of whatever yeah, name. No, <laughs> I was Rome on, was the, on the peninsula because he worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so now you can claim now, now yeah. you can claim the peninsula because I was your like, name again? <laughs> <laughs> now Aldo can be the peninsula, and you can be Rome, Rome in the city. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Rome in the city matches well. All the peninsula. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to say peninsula. No one says peninsula though. Really? Oh, the six pity. Okay. Or the Skrilla Valley. <laughs> Which kind of shows you, you that say? I'm not from here. Skrilla Valley. Skrilla Money. The other change I'm excited about is the the new look Lakers, uh, oh, the championship oh, Lakers. On, uh, as I mentioned to How'd these that guys. How that thing go? Um, oh wait. Wait, that. let me give you a spelling lesson. You can't spell There's dynasty without. Shit! Wait, wait. A- you want context on that? You want to spell contact? Where, what, was, what was the thing that before that when we texted? I don't even want to repeat that. No, so okay, that's just me. That. Uh, I'm you can't spell delusional okay. without AD either. So, so uh, new job. Lakers have obviously changed. And we're going to get into like NBA changes in a minute. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are you going for, through? So Goodbyes, changes. Uh, I mean, for me, it's kind of like a belated change. But I, I actually work in Oakland. And 
commute from Mountain View, which is on the peninsula. So what has been a change for me is that that lifestyle adjustment from living in the South Bay and working in the South Bay to now living in the South Bay and commuting to the East Bay over here in Oakland, which is like about like an, almost like an hour and 20 minute commute. Door to door. But it's been a change on many levels besides, you know, like the basic stuff like pay and whatnot, but also just the the lifestyle and also the um, the everyday like interaction that I have with my surroundings, you know, like yeah. working in like fucking Palo Alto, Stanford area to being in Oakland, downtown Oakland, you know, a 14th and, and Webster, which, which every day I see, you know, like real shit. So it's, yeah. but it, it's not really a new change anymore. I mean, yeah. Hey, we're happy to have you, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, selfishly speaking, on my, on my, on I think my world. I feel like I'll be able to contribute a lot when it comes to that, I guess, the difference in, you know. Culture. Culture yeah. and, and being a Bay Area native and yeah. kind of seeing that, having that fresh perspective on the East Bay that, you know, you yeah. guys already have clearly, but for someone who's, it's like new to me. Yeah. Oh, that's hella nice. Me. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, even using you, hella is like kind of weird sometimes, yeah. too. <laughs> it's okay. Say it. Say it, say it right say now. It. Embrace say it. it. Record oh, yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but again, selfishly speaking, I, I think I speak for the three of us here that we love the fact that you're in East Bay. We, we've had this podcast going for about a year now, and, and we've always thought that, that you'd be a great fit for this podcast. We, we, we would love to have you more involved in this, and the fact that you're out in East Bay makes sense in terms of um, logistics. So... Thank you, my brothers. Yeah, yeah. It, it, only after six months, I'm finally feeling like, okay, now I'm ready to like, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen I feel you. ready. Coming out of the, the crevices I'm now. learning more about this city every day, but we'll yeah. talk about that another time. For sure. Yeah, so um, talking about changes and movements and yeah. saying goodbyes, if you follow the NBA, or even if you don't, you've probably heard about the changes that are happening this offseason. Kevin Durant to Brooklyn, Kyrie to Brooklyn, Westbrook to Houston. Davis to Co- LA. Davis to LA, Anthony Davis. Fucking Kawhi leaving the championship Raptors to go to the Clippers. Paul George to the Clippers. So much, so much movement. Jimmy Butler to Miami. Tectonic shifting going on. <laughs> so since we haven't really checked in since midseason. By the way, Warriors lost the finals. Uh, fuck the Raptors. Fuck Toronto. Fuck Drake. <laughs> fuck it all. Um, nah, but the Warriors, um, I was proud of how they went out with the injuries. Uh, yeah. Um, it was it was a great NBA season, and I think next season is going to be even greater. Even oh, as a yeah. Warriors fan, uh, I'm just an NBA purist. I love basketball. Nice. I watch the Utah Jazz nice. versus the fucking Portland Trailblazers any day, yes, sir. and those are two great teams. I just pick them randomly. Um, but that being said, what what is surprised or excited you guys about some of the player movements going on right now in the NBA? Uh, I think definitely the Kawhi and PG to the Clippers was an incredible surprise. I, yeah. I think every prediction was, was saying yeah. Clippers were out. Yep. He's either going to go to Toronto or L.A. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen and on top of and that. he's like, ha, PG ha, 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 what a Clippers. So to me, I think that was the most surprising uh, move of the offseason. I, I think... Um, Good call. I think in the most cliche ways as a, as a Warrior fan, the... the I won't say the collapse of a dynasty because, like they, like the Warriors still have a very strong core, mm-hmm. core group of players. Um, I just think how the breakdown of the roster happened so quickly over the course of like a month in terms of like losing KD, um, trading away Iggy, uh, Livingston. cutting Livingston, like um, Jordan Bell like, signing with the Timberwolves, like that yeah. whole shift in the roster. Yeah, I, I thought that KD leaving would have been you, you know talk like about that. D-Lo. Like that, I, I think I, realistically speaking, like. 
the the rumors around KD, this is not a big surprise losing KD, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that we lost a lot of key pieces in our championship runs, yes, they're getting old. Yes, they, they, they are at the end of their careers, but still, like, their impact on the fabric of our, of our organization was huge, humongous. So I think losing, like, Livingston, losing Iggy, that was, for me, surprising because I didn't think that we would lose those impactful players on top of KD. For sure. So... Andrew fucking stole. <laughs> I was going to say. He only knows the I, Warriors. As I mentioned before, I'm a hardcore NBA fan. I was going to talk about the Warriors. But I will kind of just piggy, I like echo what you're talking about. It does kind of remind me of the beginning of the end for the Warriors dynasty. And it, it I, I'm getting like a lot of, as a, a 49ers fan, I won't go too into depth about it. But as a Niners fan, it kind of reminds me of what happened. It's almost exact exact same thing. The, the Warriors are, are about to leave, just like the Niners did when they left for Santa Clara, and they, they started kind of offloading some of these key players. Yeah. You know, like you said, like Iggy probably was the one that hurt the most yeah. um, to see him leave in Livingston. Um, so I'm, I'm, like still, I'm still excited. Like you said, we still the Warriors obviously still have like a solid-ass core, but I don't have like a, I'm not very optimistic about the Warriors' future, even though I like, yeah. Proven wrong easily. I don't know. It's hard to when when the when the shifts in the league have happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I Overnight. were to jump on, if I were just like go back and talk about a surprise like Russell Westbrook going to the Rockets. That was huge. Like mm-hmm. there's so many things yeah. happening right now where like it's it's not the not when you say the Warriors like the league now is about having two to three superstars on the team and Minimum. everyone's trying to find a way to get on a team where they have at least a superstar with them alongside them. So I, this is probably been the most level the league has been in like five years. Yeah, I agree. Far, I agree. Yeah. You know That's what, what makes so, it so exciting. Cool. Yeah, like in terms of like you can. There's play, no clear. Uh, there's no clear favorite in, on any sides, right? Like you can say, oh well, the Lakers and the Clippers. There's some like, favorites, yeah. but there's no clear like the Warriors have won three in a row or two in a row, uh, yeah, and yeah. they have Durant, and like everybody said they're going to win this yeah. year, and they didn't. Yeah, in our first episode, it was like like one of our first episodes we were talking about Boogie going to the Warriors, and how that was set in stone. Even the year before that, it was like KD going to the Warriors, set in stone. Mm-hmm. There's no no team right now that's set in stone where like that team has the upper edge. Could you name a team right now that has the upper advantage? We could can. Be, uh, it could be the Sixers. Right, but but can you say it with confidence? I think the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, real quick for me, my biggest, I guess, excitement. It's not major. Um, is Kemba Walker finally fucking leaving the Charlotte Hornets? I I hate the Charlotte Hornets organization. <laughs> I feel like if I was an employee, I would not want to fucking work for Michael Jordan, and I would not want to. Remember How did you say that in the, in the early intro question, man? Fuck. Yep. I thought about God it. damn it. <laughs> now, that would have been too easy. Yeah. But um, I'm pretty sure Jordan, didn't he play like go to players' practices and make one of the players like cry because... I heard he went to practice and like, like did one-on-one. He like bossed his just, players around. Just to like, like show them that yeah, I'm dude. still better than you. Like, what I'm kind of way you yeah. So because of that reason, I feel like Kemba Walker, I'm, a, I'm an underdog guy, which is why I like the Warriors lifelong. Before they even won championships, they were a horrible team, selling dwelling team. Um, I feel like Kemba in Boston is such a good fit. He yeah. deserves that stage. He deserves that recognition. I, I, agree. I think they're yeah. going to make the playoffs with him. Of course, they're a great team already without him. Um, I just want to see Kemba shine. And I, I was excited to see a player like Kemba Walker, who's been on the Hornets for, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I want to say like nine to ten years yeah. out of UConn. He's been there his whole career. Now he's on this team. I've lived in Boston, mind you, for four years, and they love the Celtics. They could have a sh- the shittiest team on the floor, and it's a packed house. So I feel like I'm excited to see Kemba finally move on to a good team. Um, and I, I was, no, go ahead. 
Well, one of the other things we want to talk about is just quick, uh, like, NBA predictions. These, these are some of the changes that we're interested in. Um, so what do you guys think? There's There's been so much movement. Do you have any thoughts on who's going to rise two up points the ranks or quick. fall off? Yeah, I'll jump on two points real quick. Just just going back to, to Allen's Kemba pick. Like, I think Kemba falls the same line as Dane for me. Like, like there's nothing that they've done in, in their career that makes you not like them. Mm-hmm. Loads of the soil, um, like, good leaders quietly. So I, I, I definitely agree in terms of Kemba to Boston is, is, is a big thing for us. But in terms of predictions, um, I think we talked about this. It's hard to make a prediction this year because, like, it, it's literally, literally like a flip of a coin. You can talk about, like Jerome said, Philly being a favorite. Milwaukee is still there, even though they lost mm-hmm. Brogdon. Um, L, both L.A. teams are, are there. I, I, I would argue my prediction would be one of the L.A. teams will win a title. Whether it's the Lakers clip, I can't. I'm not gonna pick one over the other because I think. Wait, wait. There's there's another LA team other than the Lakers. <laughs> you, you would know because the, the you would know because the Lakers have been losing quite a bit in the last few years to the Clippers. So, dude, you gotta give respect to the Clippers. Yeah. Last season they made the playoffs with no respect. legitimate like trading star. away Tobias Harris. I yeah, will never man. ever respect the Clippers. So oh, yeah. so, so then get used to have you know what? I'm and they change, beat us in the playoffs. You know, I'm gonna change games. my prediction now because of Jerome. The Clippers will win an NBA title next season. Dude, they have Kawhi. He fucking single-handedly won them. There's no reason to think he won't do it again That's with the Clippers. No, so because of Jerome's, um, Jerome's... His bitch fit. Yep. I will say my prediction for next year. Clippers win the title. Okay. Right. I've got another you, one. I'm going to give you two predictions. One of them's the one that I think might happen. The other one's the wild card. Uh, I think Steph will be front-runner for MVP, hmm. but he'll get hurt. Oh, shit. And <laughs> that I seems actually like think my me. wild card one is the Knicks will be better than or equal to the Nets. Ooh. Wow, that's disrespectful. Wait, who? who the Nets are, man? They picked up what? James Randall. Wait, they have Kyrie. Ooh. They have over the Nets. The Knicks. The, the Knicks? Knicks. I thought I misheard that. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's not possible. Kyrie alone will surpass them. I don't them by know, man. Wins. Kyrie on the Cavs. Remember that? Do, do you know who the Knicks picked up this offseason? Uh, Three power forwards in the same position. Yeah. <laughs> what they picked up? Uh, they picked Underrated up, Zion Williamson. Uh, Julius Randle. Exactly. Bobby Portis. Mark, like, uh, is it Marcus Morris or Mar- Mar- Marcus Morris? Did they get Morris? one of the yeah, Morris brothers? Yeah. They got three players in the same position overpaid all three of them. That's why I think that That's there's the going to be, I feel like there's going to be motivation from that squad because everybody's talking so much shit about them. Is Kristaps back? They're kind of like, no, don't even go there. <laughs> they're kind of like this, uh, they have that underdog tone to them. They're the New York underdogs now. We're used to just like the Lakers are in LA. No, wait, the Knicks or the the Knicks right now? Kind of like the dude. They're a the horrible New organization. <laughs> yeah, of course, absolutely. <laughs> but I think if we look at the Nets, though, like really, KD's not playing. Let's not forget None, that. That's true, dude. But they made the playoffs last year, and most of their team is coming back. But if we and but they have Kyrie, all they're doing is replacing D'Angelo with Kyrie. I don't dude. know if Kyrie's a better fit. Then Are you D'Angelo. kidding me? You know, I really don't. Oh my this God, is my argument D'Angelo to the Warriors. Like, Jesus. D'Angelo, okay, D'Angelo was an all, everyone's like, oh, we got an all star back. Yeah. But D'Angelo was the focal point of that offense. Yeah, I agree. He was a ball dominant player for yep. the Nets, right? He so didn't have he, great shooting percentages. Right, so, so he was putting up more shots because he would, had the ability to actually take control mm-hmm. of the game. So, right. like, D'Angelo being an all star, I would argue, was a fluke. What would you say would be the plus minus in games for those teams then? If you're saying I, I that the Nets are better, about, this is <laughs> a tech boy analytics right now. You know? yeah. What are you talking like, about? Because I said either the Knicks are going to be greater than or equal to the Nets. The Nets are going to be so better than I think the Knicks. The Knicks Significantly. Uh, I think the Knicks, Knicks and the Nets both will not make the playoffs. 
No chance, dude. The, Knick, the Nets, the Nets, the Nets East, dude. Are you, dude? Nets made the playoffs last fucking year, and, and their I'm best player was Nick. Name their team. Name how. I think they're gonna be the best team in the East, bro. Hey, hey. Name a player in the with the Nets that's not D'Angelo. They're not gonna be the best, but they'll be top. On the Nets, that's not D'Angelo. Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, keep going. Name two more. That one dude with the fro. Jared Allen. Keep going. Jared Allen. I'll Come wait. on, Joe Harris, uh, three-point yeah, champ. Three thank point you. Champ. I said that, but... Yeah, thank you. Now you're going to ask me, too. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, last year. Anybody else? No? That's it. That's all I Don't got. Don't forget Come the on, Michigan man. boy. I forget his name right now, but that dude from Michigan, uh, he got hurt halfway through the season. Fuck. In either yeah. case, I think everybody's kind of overrating the Nets. They're not going to be that good. I think you're overrating the Nets. They're not going to be the champions, dude, yeah. but they're not going to be they're going to be better than the Knicks. I think you're overrating the Nets because the fact that they have KD on their roster, although yeah. he's not playing this year. If we took away KD from the fact that they're actually on a team, you would be like, yeah, it's about the normal Brooklyn Nets. So, nice try. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said How's that was my wild card like, prediction. Uh, Lakers being the not- that's the- why I said that was my wild card prediction. You got up in your feelings with that one, man. <laughs> the fact that you're so blind to the LA Lakers being like the secondary team. <laughs> let, let, me, let me segue with Jerome saying that the Nets are overrated by saying Warriors over the Nets in game four. In four. <laughs> that's, my, that's my prediction. In the finals, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell hits the game-winning shot to sweep them. Um, shit, that's tough. NBA predictions, to be honest, I don't have anything that jumps out to me. I would like to say that I'm, I'm low-key an Atlanta Hawks fan. I know that sounds weird. I feel like Atlanta is kind of the East Coast version of Oakland, if you've ever been there. It's very similar in many ways. I would like to see Atlanta break the eighth seed. They weren't in the playoffs last year. They have a lot of young players, including Trey Young. Kevin Herter. Yep. Uh, I think they're going to make that leap and be the eighth seed. And nobody, people aren't going to talk about them. And yeah. it's going to be like, oh, Atlanta's in the playoffs again. Um, do you have an NBA prediction? I made mine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wait, the, you, the, you spoke? The, the Are Warriors, you here, bro? The Warriors four <laughs> over uh, the Nets, man. <laughs> um, speaking of the Warriors, again, we've... With so much of time has passed since we last checked in. Warriors ended up losing to the Raptors in the finals, um, which was inevitable once KD went down and then once Clay went down. Um, but what did you guys think of again on the on the overarching theme here is like changes and goodbyes and the Warriors are leaving Oakland. It would have been great if the Warriors won their final championship in the city and then moved on, but they didn't. They lost, and it was kind of sad. Like our two two of our best players went down with injuries. Um, so, what did you guys think about the way that we ended our run here at Oracle in Oakland? As someone who's, who's not a Warrior fan, but I do support Oakland teams, is I thought it was actually kind of beautiful how it ended, and it wasn't. I would have preferred for them to win for selfishly because I I did want to go to a parade and, and mm-hmm. celebrate and get talk drunk shit. Midday. Yeah, talk shit to MC Hammer and that. But <laughs> fuck you, go against MC Hammer. <laughs> like, I even think like just the moment. If you really think about that championship, to me, the moment that really stands out is is Clay, and when he got hurt. And he came back, and he, he wanted so badly to come back and, and play. That's because it reminds you of Kobe's Achilles when he came back and shot free throw. It reminded you of that. I'm going to that no, now. Come on, man. No, but I thought that was like, it was kind of like, oh, man, like this guy on the outside, he might not look like that gritty dude, but he's a warrior. He'll fight. He's ready to fight, and he's going to give it all. And it doesn't really matter like what what how serious the injury was and how, how he's really feeling. He, he's there for his team, and he wants to sacrifice all. And I thought that was like in defeat and even like there was that one moment where Steph and uh, Steve Kerr yeah. smiled at each other because they knew it was over. Yeah. I thought that was like I felt that. I was like that that 
that's how I feel about this. It, it is over. It's a historic run of getting into the final, what, five years in a row? That's mm-hmm. insane. And um, for them to actually do that, I think that was already, they, they already won in my eyes. I, I will I will hop in and, and, you know, it's weird. I agree with Jerome on this one in terms of like how, although it, and we don't agree on, on much because, you know, yeah. Jerry from the Peninsula and, and the Oakland kid. Three years. Yeah. Um, but I do agree. I, I, I think the quote-unquote fans of the Warriors um, had this preconceived notion of what the fairytale ending was going to be, right? We got Boogie in the offseason. We already had KD. It's set in stone. Like, mm-hmm. book it. Bet on it. Like we're Everybody the said the Warriors were going to yeah. win. And I, I think part of the season, the, the storyline, I mean, not just KD potentially leaving, was how can we leave Oracle and, and on a good note, right? Oakland on a good note. And a lot of people after that game when they lost was like, oh my God, it was a terrible way to leave Oracle. I'm like, I, it was it? Was it really? If you're thinking about like a way to leave Oracle in terms of memories, that was one of the most memorable games you can leave it on because I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll pose it in this, in, in this way. In, in the history of the Warriors organization, some of the most memorable moments for the Warriors, what, what, do, you, what do you remember? Does anyone have any sort of... Definitely We Believe season. We, That's we, an easy one. We but. Believe, so let's, let's go with that. We Believe. What was one moment that was like iconic for that We Believe season? Kira, yeah. Dunk on Baron, Baron Davis, Davis, dunk on Kirilenko. Exactly. Did they win that series? Nope. They lost and to that, the Utah that, that's Jazz. That's the thing. We, we, we try to glamorize the idea of, of winning, but it's like our most iconic moments in Oracle history... Mm-hmm. That's true. ...was not about that's winning. True, man. What, what about okay? There wasn't much winning. Run team, right, right, but but, but but in terms of like being gritty and like yeah, just yeah. down home, I hear like you. yeah, go back ten years. What was the, what was one of the biggest like 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 things for the Warriors ten years prior to that, or like 10, 15 years prior to that? Prior to that, yeah. Uh, like well, uh, the war to me, it was when the Warriors changed their jerseys from Run TMC to Warriors, right. like with the Thunder, and they drafted Antoine Jameson in so, like ninety six. So that's why I fuck with Allen. Run TMC, right? Yeah. Like you remember that as like a Warrior memory, right? Oracle Arena. Mm-hmm. Did run TMC ever win a title? In no, Oracle? sir. So, so for me, it's like the most iconic moments at Oracle Arena didn't happen when. I mean, don't get me wrong. Twenty fifteen was a big deal for Oakland because, like, that was the first time mm-hmm. we had a homegrown team. We drafted players, won a title. But our most iconic moments in the history of the Warriors organization weren't based on wins. Run TMC was true, revolutionary true. for the game, yeah. right? But we never won a title. I agree. I think the I- We Believe years with with a dunk over Korolinko, we mm-hmm. lost that series. This game that we lost against Toronto with the clay uh, torn ACL with Steph having a legitimate decent shot at the end of the game mm-hmm. to one to, to actually you know put it to game seven like it was a very memorable game so I would argue that although it wasn't a fairy tale ending it was a pretty memorable yeah. moment it was like a heroic I would, I would, ending yeah I would argue that it was a good to me memory it was like work. soldiers going out yeah. in the yeah, battlefield exactly. where you're like damn we I lost but yeah. we yeah. lost but we I, had some casualties but I will say I feel like not everyone saw it that way and I, it doesn't matter what like the mass sees it I, I agree right. with you guys how you guys are saying that the Warriors went out like like fucking fighting and but when you think for me I I'm still kind of bitter about how the last season was and I think about people you know from Oakland and, and the city of Oakland and yeah, it is a fairy tale uh, ending if if they were to have won, but at the end of the day, like that's what also like people want to see and people want to mm-hmm. like. It's it's like I get it. Like the the history. I mean, when you said what was the most memorable moment you had before the We Believe years for me it was Latrell Sprewell choking fucking PJ Carlismo. <laughs> but then when I was in, when I was in fucking sixth grade, yeah. <laughs> and, and like I just feel. I mean, it's almost uh, like poetic in a way that it did end kind of that way. You know, it's almost like it, it, it was like meant to be, but. I would have liked to see something like I would have liked to see 
a win. I would have liked to see them kind of go sure. out in victory. And that, sure. Yeah, it is cliche and all that stuff, but I, I think it makes people happy too. Like people would have loved to see that in Oakland yeah. natives. I, I know, like like I would have loved like as an Oakland native. Like I, I told these guys in the podcast, like, I, I would love to see the last season of Oakland go out in a victory in a championship parade for the city because like we have been through so much as a city as a whole culturally that this season was almost like we, we I think we put our entire heart and soul as sports fans on this team and the pressure on this team to win for the city and I felt that was unfair to be honest with you mm. um, and to your point about um, winning for the story t- still ending but I'm like what hap- what happened if let's say they, they beat the Raptors at home and they beat them pretty decently right and they went to Toronto and lost What's your memory of Oracle then? You know what I mean? Like, what's your memory of Oracle then? So the, the win that they, that they beat <laughs> yeah. the, the Raptors by 15 points in the last game, and then all of a sudden, like, they go to Toronto and lose the, the championship. I think this, in, in a strange way, was, for me, a very, very impactful way to go out. Yeah. It, po- it was out. poetic justice, if yeah. you will. Shout, shout out, out Tupac. Yeah. Well, yeah, shout, shout out, out Kendrick, but yeah. shout out Tupac yeah. movie. Uh, with Janet Jackson, classic. Have you guys seen that? No. You never Poetic seen Justice. Poetic Justin? Yeah, man. Come on, or sorry, the, Poetic. Driving in the Poetic. fucking uh, USPS truck. Hell yeah, yeah, it's a classic. I have not. Um, so we're kind of talking on this idea of last games, transitions, moving goodbyes. My brother here, he's not a big NBA fan, but he loves uh, the NFL. We grew up in a Niners family. We've seen them win Super Bowls back in the early 90s. Um, Ricky, the Ricky Water days. Um Waters. Yeah, Mert they had Deion Hanks. Merton Hanks. They had Deion Sanders. My for favorite 49ers player is Deion Sanders, and we only had him for one yeah, season. Those block one. letters with the bandana. Season. When they season. won the title uh, against Come on, man. Right? He came to us, and yeah. we won, and then he left to the Cowboys, and then they yeah. won. Wow. What does that tell you about him? Iconic. Um, so my brother uh, wanted to speak a little bit about the 49ers and kind of just thinking about a team leaving a region, a city. What are your thoughts on the Niners leaving the city to go to Santa Clara a few years ago? But how did that affect well, you? Because all this talk, also the other thing about going, kind of what we were just right now talking about with the Warriors leaving. The other, it, I mentioned it earlier how I get like these flashbacks of what it was like for the Niners when the Niners left San Francisco and went to Levi's and Santa Clara. Mind you, I'm from like the Mount View, Santa Clara area. Like on paper, you would think, okay, the Niners are moving closer to home. You know, I can take a, the light rail, this and that. But from the beginning, I was like, like, fuck no. I don't want, I didn't want this to happen. I knew what was going to come with it, you know. Um, and the same things, happen, I'm seeing the same thing happening with the Warriors now. And it's it's going to fucking happen. And I feel like a couple of years from now, after the team is like disassembled, um, this the, those hardcore Warriors fans are going to be become like disenchanted and just almost like leave the team. And the same thing might happen with the uh, Raiders. I don't want to get too like off track. Fuck the Raiders. <laughs> See, Andrew just, just said that as a Warriors fan. He's not the only Raiders fan I know who says that. So that's kind of why I have like this this non like I don't have this like um, romantic like view of the Warriors leaving like the way especially how they lost. Same with the Niners. They were a playoff bound team. Um, who were championship caliber in, in, like teams. were at the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and went, one pass know, away from being Super Bowl champions. <clears throat> yep, and you know, and then I, I feel like it's, it's almost a curse, like in sports, if you if a team leaves their hometown or home, or con- like home, their original home, yeah, to go to a, a new stadium where it's like the grass is greener or so and so, like it, it's I don't know the I'm whole idea of business is it. business. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I I just wanted to toss it in there because I wanted to put it on record. I think I texted Jerome and, and, and Alan about this when because uh, they, they were together when the, they lost the last game. 
Um, and I, I was trying to make it to, to the bar that we're at, but I couldn't make it on time. But four hours, man. <laughs> hey, man. The, we saved your seat. Circumstances, bro. <laughs> but um, I ended up watching the, the last uh, two minutes with my dad. And ah, I think I texted you guys about yeah, like how yeah. my dad said the reason why they lost because they left. They're leaving Oakland. Like my dad literally <laughs> said that in Cantonese. In Cantonese, yeah. he's like. The reason why they leave, like they, they lost, is because they 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 leave Oakland. Can right? you, do you can you say that in Cantonese or? I, I, I should bring my dad in the podcast and talk. But my, Fuck. so so my dad literally said, it, it's it's not surprising. I'm like, why, Dad? Because they're leaving Oakland. Like they're bound to lose. They're leaving the city. I'm like, you know what, Dad? That's why I fuck with you. Because like 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 Aldo said, like the grass isn't always green on the other side. Like I know business is business in terms of like uh, making money. Um, doing what's best for organization in terms of like finances and bringing in new um, um, clientele and mm. the newest uh, tech boys. Yeah. So long story short, <coughs> <laughs> my my dad's a real one. Put it that way. That makes me shout I, out to my dad. That makes me think of what what I, I'm doing now. And I don't know if we're gonna get into this next, but mm-hmm. changing to a new job. Yeah. Which, yeah, I left largely for the money and for a new experience and. There was really nothing wrong with working at where I was currently working at Home Depot, but hey, this is the, the grass looked greener on the other side, so I'm gonna go. Different though. Is yeah. this is this the unspoken rule that we have for today, Alan? I believe it is, boys. So, so, so let, let's let, start let me that. speak the unspoken yeah, rule. Let, let's do it. So, um, for anybody who hasn't been listening, we typically have like an anchor theme and an anchor question. That's like, what are things that people don't typically talk about and define like an unspoken thing some sort of rule that we navigate in our lives but that we don't always articulate so um the question for tonight was what's an unspoken rule about change and like how do people cope with change and how what provokes change for a person or an organization like the warriors um so just kind of dissecting especially as like all of us in this room are men of color and um i think there's a certain like uh, I don't know, perception about how we're supposed to express how we feel about something. So how, how do we express like going through changes and how we deal with changes in our lives? Um, and how do you guys want to speak on that? I, I'll start. I feel like I have like the, the least amount to say about this because um, I, I'm the one that probably has gone through the least amount of change um, in terms of their, 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 their life since our last podcast. I know all those are new jobs. You're start a new one. Alan, you're about to move to a different country. But I'll speak on our normal topics in terms of like uh, gentrification in Oakland um, and the change in the in the city. Why are you looking at me though? No, nah, like like okay. <laughs> so so for context, like literally, so Alan moved back to Richmond for for a quick second just because he's transitioning and he's about to move to a different country. But he drove back from Richmond to Oakland and he texted us saying like, "Yo, I, I what would you say, Alan?" So for just quick context, I'm a visual guy. For those people that don't know the Bay Area that well. Uh, Richmond is north. It's uh, going like out of the main center of the sort of metropolitan area here. Um, and I would say it's definitely hood. It's uh, black and Latino people. Um, and it's, it's, it's not a place where people go. It's not a destination unless you live there. So having spent my last few weeks there, and I've lived there in the past, but I'm back there saving money right now with my family. Um, and going from there to back here to, to this part of Oakland, yeah. not Oakland in general, but this Grand Lake area in Oakland, mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, I haven't seen a white people. I haven't yeah. seen a white person in weeks. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was it was well, noticeable nice. to me." <laughs> <laughs> so, so on that on that note, like, like for me, the change in Oakland, um, how I cope, like I haven't. 
like let, let's be real like like I think I've, I've, I've talked to Aldo and Alan Jerome on, on numerous occasions outside the podcast about like I'm not okay with this mm. I'm still not okay with this like I, I am fervently like against this and, and I, by no means am I, am I opposed to change but it's like the way it's happening and, and we've talked about this in our previous podcast it, it's not that you can't go where you want to go but like I feel like a lot of people who come to the area just don't respect the culture that's already in place and the history that's been here. So for me right now, currently, I'm not coping very well. But that's because like I spent my entire life here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm used to certain things. And again, I'm not opposed to change. But when you move into a certain area and you don't respect what's been here before you, it's hard for me to accept you. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, personally, I'm not coping very well. Got you. Got you. It shows, bro, you've lost hella weight. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, just to add to that, uh, Andrew's at nine percent body fat, and he's incredibly <laughs> proud of it. He'll pop his shirt right now. You want to pop your shirt? I'm, I'm good. Pop, pop, pop for the podcast. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll just post a picture real quick. Let's do that. I'll, I'll follow up with uh, some changes in my life since our last podcast. Uh, one that's more slow coming, one that suddenly happened. I'll start with the slow coming one. I kind of touched on it earlier. It's that uh, I am getting a new job and. Um, Coping with changing from leaving a job you've been at for three years, people you've known for three years and such. It was a little weird. It's a little bizarre. Um, crying at work happened, hmm? which was I didn't. Was that Jerry or Rome? I, I didn't cry, but oh. some some people that I oh, told. Oh, I was like, who, damn, yeah. Rome. Well, I started tearing up because they were tearing oh, up. Oh, do you, too, you so. feel the same way? Do you got something yet? Oh, well, go ahead. <laughs> it's just, it just a little bizarre, and like no one really writes the script on how you should leave your job. Especially if it's a job that like you have connections with and people that you like, um, it's just it gets it's a little uncomfortable. Not so, the workplace is not a place where you really think about crying and uh, dealing with your emotions, right? It's more of like you go to work and you don't feel anything, right? You get a paycheck, you go home, and yeah. yeah. And then speaking of crying, the sudden change that happened in my life. Uh, my my dog Amelia of six years, she passed away in March from lung cancer, and that that kind of just sudden onset. After three weeks, she from diagnosis, she was she was gone, and I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, I spent a lot of time actually driving to work, crying in my car, and I didn't because I didn't know who to, who to cry to, and like you know, I actually cried to Andrew one time. Yeah. I just broke yeah. down in the gym. And like we were just in the weight room, and I was crying in his arms. It, it was serendipitous for, in a way, because because I was going through a certain uh, I won't go into detail, but something something similar in terms of like it, it was traumatic for 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 me and my family at that point in time in terms of um, what we had to deal with mm-hmm. uh, with with certain family members, and um, and it, it, it was weird because because I was at the gym and, and Jerome expected me to not be in the in the area at that time. And Jerome saw me, he was like, is everything okay? I'm like, oh, yeah, um, something happened with the family that I had to stay in the area. And I told him what happened, and Jerome told me about Amelia, and we both had our moment. Like, like it was one of those, it was, it was a freeing moment because I think we were both holding a lot of, like, stress on our shoulders. Right. And we didn't have no one to talk to because we didn't know how to say goodbye. We didn't, we didn't know how to say, like, um, we didn't know how to transition with this change because, like, Jerome was, was losing someone that he, like, like, he's had his entire life. And for me, like I had a fear of losing someone that I had with my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, and I think just as a, and it kind of touches on this toxic masculinity thing. Like, yeah, as men, yeah. we're not instructed how to express our emotions in these cases, especially when it's like, it, it's a sadness, it's an emptiness mm-hmm. that that we now have, and we need to fill it, and we need to express ourselves usually through crying or through some emotional release, punching a bag, punching bag. a bag. But yeah. then, like, you will meet that point where it's just like you have to face what you're looking at. For me, it was sitting in my car alone listening to songs that like reminded me of my dog or yeah. seeing things that remind me of my dog yeah. places that remind me of my dog 
um, or or just like you know talking to Andrew and him bringing out these emotions in me like these are changes that the unspoken rule of it is no one tells a guy how to how to be emotional and uh, I think I think that still hasn't been written well said R.I.P. Amelia I've spent many a nights at this house on this couch I've, behind me hey with man. Amelia I've dog licking sat, me. <laughs> I've dog sat in the same way and yeah. slept on the couch and had Amelia like, like claw my arm in front of Definitely, me too. Yeah. Taking her for yeah. walks. Yeah. Rest in peace. I <laughs> yeah. actually um, want to follow up with that because, uh, well, first of all, I feel bad because when I came in, I didn't actually know. And I and I thought you, I had known you had a dog. So my apologies if I walked in and was like, oh, where's the dog? And I, and I kind of want to touch on that too because um, today I actually did get a little bit emotional. Because I started thinking about her again. And I was like thinking that I paint this picture on social media that my life is perfect and everything's fun and happy. But my dog passed and it's been almost six months and I'm still hurting. And I still think about it. I'm getting a little emotional right now actually. But that's a perfect example of like how, you know, also with technology and social media, like things aren't as real as you think they are. Which is not exactly Mm -hmm. about like change but... Maybe it is in some senses about... It's a sense of coping, maybe. Yeah. yeah, we try to keep things consistent and we want people to believe something, but the real, there's things that change in our lives and it's not always about change that's positive. It, there's change that's negative, such as you know, losing something you love. Yeah. Something you love. I mean, it was hard for us when we lost our first dog. Our, or we had a dog when we were younger in like middle school and high school named Drake. He was like the neighborhood dog. Too. Everyone, Everyone loved that named dog. Named after who, though? Dog. Now, that was way before Drake. <laughs> this is the original Drake. This is the original Drake. It was named after the Aliens character in the movie from, yes. like, the 90s. Marines. <laughs> if you were a sci-fi fan, you know Aliens. But anyways, um, and I remember how hard it was. I remember my brother wasn't living. You were living in New Orleans, I think, when probably. actually Drake started getting sick. You know, he was probably, like, 14. And I, I broke the news to him that Drake was going to have to get put to sleep. And this was that, this is probably the first time I ever heard him cry as an adult. He started crying over the phone. He broke down crying. Wow. Like, but I think it was this combination of like you not having... Just missing, being that, home. Around that time, you had just left home. You were in yeah. New Orleans, in rural like Louisiana, teaching in rural, rural Louisiana, going through your own changes, yeah. and not knowing how to cope with finding out that this longtime family member yeah. was about to pass. Yeah, and so he and it was hard. I mean, I, I still sometimes think about Drake and get hell emotional too. So I can't imagine, man. So you know, like again, I'm sorry but to Amelia. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, but uh, and then also real quick, just want to mention, kind of, I feel like I can also relate to Jerome what he's saying about the job. And earlier, when we were talking about um, when I was talking about how the war or like the Warriors and Niners left because the grass was greener and. Um, Jerome said something like, oh, yeah, I feel like I kind of did the same thing. I left because the grass was greener. And I, I feel like it's very different. Like, I don't th- – what I feel like the Warriors and, and Niners did was that's like – that's a whole other level of, like, strictly Greedy? greed. Yeah. Whereas you're doing what's right for, for yourself and family, your family. Yeah. Like, you did every – that's, like, a perfect opportunity. And I can yeah. relate because, you know, I was – you know, I was working at Stanford in research – um, in, in a very comfortable setting, you know, like a 15 minute commute from home, but I was like kind of stuck in a place in my job where I was not really, I couldn't really grow. And this opportunity came up in, in, for another company here in Oakland, Kaiser. Yeah. And, um, 
I interviewed and, and I ended up taking the job even though I knew I was sacrificing a lot in terms of like my, my like I'm kind of like Andrew in the sense where I also don't really like my brother is the opposite of me where he's like you know moving to different cities and countries and doing all the kind of stuff where I'm more like I, I'm, I, I kind of stay in my like zone my comfort comfort zone so for me this is pretty big like working like commuting an hour and 20 every anytime I tell someone I live in Mountain View and working in Oakland, they look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I, was say, I was super excited, though. So, I was super excited. So it was a big change for me, but in the long, like in the in the long run, it just opened up so many more doors. And I'm doing I, I'm doing work that I want to do. I mean, I was already, but I'm doing even. I feel like I'm doing work that I'm making an impact on. I might not be making tag money, but I'm also I know that there's more. Like I have more. There's a the ceiling yeah. is is way more higher at. Um, where I'm at now, and it's just like a sacrifice I'm making that the fact that I have to, you know, commute. commute and deal with like all kinds of stuff that I deal with to get to work. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like a small sacrifice. It's different from fucking a, a organization, a corporation, basically leaving their yeah. true fans. I, I would argue the only way that it would be like like comparable is like uh, if you guys joined a new place. Stayed there for two months and said, "Bye, guys. I'm going to New Blood." You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's kind of like <laughs> yeah, business. Oh, that's and, business, right? Like, yeah. if you were to leave within like a few months of your that's new job. That's the thing too. I want to really quickly say because I don't know how the time is, no, but um, when Jerome was saying like when you were also saying how I work, you were there three years, and that like yeah. nowadays that's a long there. time, yeah. right? You know, and I, I told myself even here where I'm at now, I want to do I want to do some time. Like, I don't want to. I'm not someone who just jumps from job to job. I was at my last job for six years, yeah. and when I left. Um, there was also crying involved. Like, again, I wasn't. Who was crying? I had coworkers. <laughs> well, right, and I was like, damn. Like, you know, you really do build a bond with these people. And it was like, I guess in the end, but it's almost like the fans or whatever. Not to say you know, like they were our fans, but. I don't know. People yeah. you the most. You were Steph yeah. Curry, bro? I went there, too, when you are talking about it. I was like, like, the people who supported yeah. you the most, yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, you got, again, for people that can't see this, you're both like young, youngish, younger men of color in fields where I imagine there's not lots of professional like men of color in your workspace. Yeah, and mine definitely not. Yeah. And, and I think <laughs> I, I'm the same, dude. I've been a teacher for almost 10 years, a public high school teacher. So I started when I was 21 and students and other staff members always look to me like, oh, my God, there's like this younger Mexican American guy that like knows hip hop and he knows sports and he knows cars and it's, it's like not a feel that I feel like I was like built to be in, if you will. And people like look to us, you know what I mean? I don't know if it was like that for you guys, but uh, just kind of imagining in the way that you're describing the way that you left and people are crying, mm -hmm. like people like respect when there's somebody different. And it's not like, mm -hmm. for me as a teacher, it's like, oh, you're not another middle-aged white woman. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can talk to the kids about Ben Simmons or fucking Playboy Cardi. I know that this will surprise you, but on that level, because um, I'm the least Oakland guy here, like they saw me as the most Oakland guy. <laughs> we we talked That's about so good, man. Heard this on the podcast. We talked about this. Yeah, I heard it last night on episode like four. We talked about like your tattoos is like 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 part of it is like your tattoos give you like kind of rite of passage. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We talked about this in the podcast. Like you can walk around and like with the sleeve is like yo like, and 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 re outside of the fact that aesthetically you might fit in, like we fuck with you because like you actually embrace what we're putting on your plate as someone who's not from the area. 
we talk about gentrification and changes in the area. And uh, again, like you work in the tech field, but like you're, I do my research, right? I do but, my but, homework. but you're not you're, you're not immune to the fact that like there is change in the area that maybe due to the fact that tech folk is impacted, yeah. right? Yeah, and he's not he's not immune to that fact, and I think that's why we focus. It like, also helps that you're Californian too. Yeah, I was gonna say not only <laughs> that he's Californian, but he's Filipino. And you're, again, like, tatted up, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I feel like a lot of people that I've met that are, I would say, like, afraid or at least reserved to, like, really dive into the Bay Area, like, culture here are typically white people that try to be on the fringe and be like, I'm a social justice warrior and I support... <laughs> Speak more on that, please. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're very... They're on the surface. They're like, I am down. I'm afraid to go down. But they've never been to Richmond. They've never been to East Oakland. They've never... They've never hung out with people that are really from the Their context is downtown Oakland. Their context is downtown Oakland, which, again, having lived here for a few years and then moved back to, like, the real Bay Area where you don't see a white person for miles... And then coming back to that downtown area, as I said earlier, the yeah. first thing that struck me was how many white people have like kind of claimed this space as like, yeah. ooh, I'm this cool rebel that lives in Oakland, but I really live in this like 10 block circle. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. That has it's part of the access changes. to like all these stores and restaurants. Yeah, and, and, like, and, and yeah. a sense of safety. Yeah. And and safety in their minds being they're I'm not surrounded by predominantly people of color. And and, and I'll, I'll jump on this idea of safety. It's like, like all those... Me and all have investments for a long time, and this is kind of how me and Al connected for, for a decade. But like, Aldo today hit me up, and, and on the way here is like, "Hey, what's the best place to park?" And, and bear in mind, like, like he he's worked here for the last almost a year now, six months, six months, half a year, right? But like, in terms of like being from Oakland, like there's a there's an aspect of like safety that's kind of like hit and miss. So Aldo drives a Subaru WRX. Tint, all tinted windows. Yeah, so but you. but but he was concerned. Like, and don't get me wrong. I think we've all experienced our cars being broken into, and even through this whole change in the in the area and gentrification, like Aldo was still asking, like, "Hey, what's the best place for me to park?" Because like that's what we all know Oakland as, and like these people come in nowadays. Well, let me clarify: not just Oakland. Anywhere I fucking park, like. That's been built to my head. He's like that even was, in Mountain View at my dad's. Like, Mountain View used to be ghetto, and we used to get our shit broken into Mountain View all the time. Yeah. So it's not just uh, Oakland, but but it is context though, right? Because yeah, but uh, but yes, yeah, more so Oakland. Than, but it is context. Like those who come into the area brand new, who yeah, think that oh, that everything's like safe and it's brand new and it's great and like oh, it's yeah. amazing. It's like yeah. yo, like you understand, like <clears throat> there's still things going on in the city that that ha- have been that have been here for decades that still yeah. need to be fixed and are still problems. But you walk in with this brand new ideal of like, oh my god, it's so amazing. We have Trader Joe's here. There's a whole food down yeah. the street. To me, areas like, like that are more of a target, though. That's why I'm like, I don't yeah. worry about parking my car in downtown. I worry about parking my car in areas like this. This, yeah. is, this is a pretty decent area, though. Well, my, my speaking with that, my, one of my neighbors literally moved here, and then within the week they moved here, they didn't lock up their very That's expensive right. road bikes in the parking garage, and that shit got swiped. And you know what? I didn't bad. feel bad for you because, hey, shit, yeah. you should know better. Yeah, for real. Do you know where you are? I don't leave a fucking penny in my car. I don't leave, <laughs> did you see me? I didn't want to walk that far because I'm carrying all my bags with me because I don't want to leave anything in the car. Smart, <laughs> smart. Yeah. So changes. Oakland is, in some places, has changed dramatically where, honestly, you could leave your bags and nothing will happen. But there still are parts where, you know, if you, if you slip, you'll get caught slipping. Yeah. 
Um, so we're, we're running up on the end of our podcast here, fellas. Um, I wanted to just end with some closing thoughts, some final commentary. Um, because I'm moving to Mexico, and I hope to live there for a year, which to me is like kind of crazy. Like, I'm, I'm a California um, United States citizen. So for me to move to Mexico for 12 months is... It's not like I'm going on vacation here. Like it's it's gonna yeah. be a massive lifestyle change. It's not that crazy, bro. So many people do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm gonna start by living with my mom, who doesn't have running water or electricity. So for me, going from like texting and making podcasts to that, um, and living in downtown Oakland and riding yeah. my bike to bars and like all these things, it, it's gonna be a massive change for me personally. But I, I want that, and that's obviously why I'm doing it. Um, but course being a sports fan i looked up online just um i want to start following actively mexican baseball league hey. i already follow the mexican soccer league because it's the greatest league in north america in terms of soccer um but mexican basketball league i started looking up and the city where both my brother and i parents are from uh is jalapa veracruz and they have the the most winningest championship team in mexican basketball history who's a star player uh, I don't know anymore. I think they actually disbanded, but yeah. they have four titles, and that's the most in the Mexican league. And I remember one time going to their practice because it, the the where they the gym is close to my grandma's house yeah. in Mexico, and uh, they had this guy uh, Luis Mata. He used to play with the uh, UCLA Bruins. Oh shit! So basically, like I recognize somebody. They have American ballers uh-huh. that play college level but don't make it pros. Yeah. But they occasionally get NBA stars as well. And I have a quick trivia that you guys weren't prepared for. Oh, I'm, I'm doing this right okay, now. We're doing so this. I, I did some research because I want to I wanna follow a team while I'm living down there. And I was looking around, looking at team names, looking at the history of the league, what, what, whatever, whatever. And that's when I found out about the Jalapa team being the most winningest team. Uh, one of these players played in the Mexican Basketball League for a few seasons, a few years. And has a pretty funny story, or actually multiple funny stories. Um, so I'm going to give you five options, oh, and you tell me which one of these players played at least one game in the Mexican League. All of the above. You got <laughs> Meta World Peace as your first option. No. Can we, get col- can we get a college associated with this? What do you trivia? mean? Like, this player played for X college. It, it, yes, if you can. Okay. So, but but mainly, which one of these guys played at least a couple games in the Mexican okay. Basketball League? And one of them did. Meta World Peace, Charles Barkley, Dennis Rodman, Chris Birdman Anderson, or Allen Iverson at any point in their career. Again, Meta World Peace, Dennis Rodman, Charles Barkley, Chris Birdman Anderson... Or Allen Iverson. Which one of these played um, an amount of time in the Mexican basketball league? Because I think the idea of college, hence, will not. It, it's already like un- unfair because like I think we all know for the most part who these players went to college with. But I will say Chris Anderson, all, the Birdman, because know that, man. no, Chris right. Anderson for me because like he doesn't fit in that dynamic of like the list of players. Because like you talk about Charles Barkley, Meryl Peace, Allen Iverson, right? Like. Those are superstars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Either in Chris Anderson, the Birdman. Okay. I would say Chris Anderson for me based on that list alone. Okay, good, good guess. Yeah. The fourth one was Anderson. After that was Iverson. You had Barkley, Rodman, Meta World Peace. I'll say Rodman. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I will second Rodman. 
My, I jokingly said, I don't think anybody heard me, but I said, for some reason, I said Iverson. You, you did. did. You That's, did. But he I don't think he's the one. I think it was probably Rodman. At some point, when we were so young to remember, that wasn't even a, it was probably a story in that time, but I feel like yeah. so much time has passed that okay. it's, it's irrelevant now. So, uh, damn, I tried to trick you guys. I thought uh, Meta World Peace and Barkley were like kind of these loose cannons that might yeah. get you. Chris Anderson I yeah. threw on because he was that type of guy that yeah. would do something like that. Yeah. And then Iverson, maybe towards the end of his career. He has played internationally, I'm he pretty sure. He played in China, I think. Yeah, so maybe that would have got you. It was Rodman. I'm going to oh, read this. Okay. I'm going to read this note that I screenshotted on my phone because I thought it was hilarious. Notably, between 2004 and 2005, Dennis Rodman moonlighted with the Fuerza Regia <laughs> and the defunct Tijuana Dragons from the semi-pro American Basketball Association in Mexico. The NBA Hall of Famers' cameos in Mexico spawned plenty of news stories. However, some weren't confined to the hardwood. After his debut in Tijuana, for instance, this is, my, this is the best part, Rodman exited the auditorium to find his Cadillac Escalade SUV had been broken into. <laughs> so way more hood than Oakland, talking Clearly about Tijuana. Locals were part. <laughs> and on top of that, uh, when he was playing in Monterrey, he once limited his outing to six minutes on the court before leaving mid-game to go to a <laughs> dance club. <laughs> so let me just say why I, I thought I was going to meet Rodman because this is the same guy who goes who's friends with Kim, Kim Jong Un, Un. <laughs> North Korea. Yeah. Come on, hey, who plays the game for six minutes in a professional league internationally and then leaves to go to a dance club? Um, Anyways, I just thought that was funny. So I'm, I'm looking up Mexican teams. I'm going to try to actively yeah. follow the Mexican leagues. I, I would love if you could get me a Tijuana yeah. Dragons jersey. They're defunct, but I'll, I'll see if There's, I can. They're going to be somewhere out there. I yeah, love I got a black I market. I think we can make like a, like, like a small group trip down to Mexico and visit Alan. Of course, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking, I want to make a, a shout out to one of my favorite goodbyes I've seen this year. Uh, Damian Lillard yep. said, oh. "Bye-bye." Not just goodbye to bye bye, uh, OKC. that series, but goodbye to the entire OKC <laughs> franchise the entire right guy. now. I don't franchise. Say that franchise is yeah. over. Um, I thought that was incredibly fitting. One of my favorite stories I've seen this year. Nice. Any other final thoughts, fellas, before we dip here? Um, I, I will say this podcast has been one of the most enjoyable ones I've had in a while. Um, again, we haven't had this yeah, in, a, in a handful of months, but I think the fact that we have we've we've had this going for the last seven eight nine months um i think for all of us like it's it's it the fact that we planned this and we had to schedule our calendars and and we're looking forward to it like it, it speaks in terms of how uh impactful it is for us as a group of brothers to be here just talking about random shit like sports culture life dennis rodman um, in the dennis mexican, rodman, league. mexican league but I, I i appreciate you guys wholeheartedly and i love you guys through and through yeah, much love yeah. back to you, man. I fucking love you too. <laughs> how do you say uh, how do you say good luck in Spanish? Buena suerte. Buena suerte way. Whatever Buena that suerte. was <laughs> to you in Mexico. Yeah. Buena suerte. 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 Buena suerte. Hey man. In Mexico. <laughs> nice. Yeah, anything else? Nothing other than obvi- obviously, it's it's almost like fitting that for this podcast. This is my first podcast. And my brother's last podcast, probably for a long time. I'm not gonna say his last podcast yeah. episode for this podcast. 
because there's other podcasts I'm a part of. Plug them, plug them, plug No, but, uh, you know, it's going to, I'm going to miss having you around here. I sure, sure. Hell yeah, I'm going to miss you guys know, too. Yeah. But it's also at, at the same time a pleasure to start, you know, hopefully kicking it with you guys yeah. more now that I'm Absolutely. a little more settled in my flow. Yeah. Um, but, Alan, you got to stay in touch. The listeners probably are going to miss you. The two listeners <laughs> are probably going to My wife you. and Drum's wife. <laughs> gonna miss you. So you, we got to figure out something where you can still nah, chime yeah, in yeah, somehow. Yeah, Skype or something. We'll yeah, figure yeah, it out. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're wrapping up here. Uh, thank you for listening to this point. Um, I hope these my boys, my brothers, my fighters keep putting on these podcasts. Um, and, yeah, thanks for supporting. It's just some... Local dudes from the Bay Area and Drum. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is Unspoken Rules saying goodbye for tonight. Hopefully not forever. Uh, this is your boy, Alan. This is Jerry from the Peninsula. Jerome, I love you, Amelia. Uh, Andrew, the anti-gentrifier. And our new guest and member. Aldo from the Six Fitty. Hey. <laughs> Show no pity. Good night, you trash bags. That's it. Peace. Thank you. Much love. Love you. Warriors are going to make the playoffs. Yee! Hey!